This is the Small Business Big Marketing Show with Tim Reid and Luke Moulton. This show is lovingly put together for small business owners by small business owners to get practical ideas about attracting more customers more often. So, if you're serious about building your business, strap in for the ride. Now, here's your hosts, Tim and Luke. Lukey, Lukey, Lukey. How are you, my friend? Very well, Tim. How are you, yourself? Mate, it's great to be back in the land of the small business big marketer. It sure is, Timbo. It's uh, been fairly regular, yes, Timbo. Yes, We're regular. trying to pop one out once a week. Yep. So um, we're looking forward to another exciting episode. Who, who have we got today, Timbo? Well, Luke. Yes, Timbo. What about those listeners that may be listening? Should we welcome them? We should indeed. Right. Welcome, listeners, to episode 54 of Small Business Big Marketing, which we like to think is the podcast that makes marketing simple for the small business owner. And we are in partnership, Luke, with Australia's largest community of micro businesses which is flyingsolo.com.au correct so welcome to all the flying solo listeners as well now lucas this is a really really interesting show i'm going to use the word interesting (laughs) because i think that's what it is (laughs) we are going to have a difficult conversation we are and um yep you've clearly brought in a mediator tim correct correct so we're going to into uh, we're going to interview later on in the show uh, Simon Dowling from the CMA Learning Group. Yep. And he's going to teach us how to have a difficult conversation. And we might do a little bit of role-playing as well, Luke, because <laughs> there's something I want to talk to you about. Yes. But in the meantime, before we do that, I would love to know what is on your mind. Well, Timbo, something very exciting has happened over the past week, um, and that is Google has launched Google+, Plus, which is their mm. new social media platform. It's going to be interesting. Like I haven't had much of a chance to have a play with it yet, but the interesting thing about it is that um, Google Plus allows you to have circles, and by circles they mean circles of contact. So you can actually separate your your family from your friends from um, your work associates. You can do that in Facebook, can't you? I can. I think you can with groups. Yes. Hmm. Um, but I think I think the main implication for for marketers hmm. uh, and for small business will be in the future if if Google Plus gets taken up. Um, oh, by a lot of people, thinking. yeah, yeah. Um, they're going to be able to do demographic targeting like Facebook Ooh, yeah. does with their yeah. ads. So, so I think AdWords will become that much more powerful. Mm. So a bit of a watch this space. It could take a bit of time. You know, Facebook's been around for a while. It's got a massive following. There's about 9 million Australian accounts alone. I just, yeah, look, we, we don't know enough about Google Plus to comment just yet except to acknowledge that it's, it's here, it's being, and there's some invites out there being beta tested. Yep. It won't be long. It'll probably be within weeks where... It's opened up to the public. But, you know, I just look at these things and, you know, I don't know. What's wrong with Facebook, you know? It's getting to the point where you go, (laughs) not another one. I know. (laughs) And I know it's Google. And if if anyone's going to make it work, it'll probably be Google. But then, you know... They had that. They had Google Wave, you know, two years ago, which sort of um, went from a wave to like a, just a splashing against the they, shore they, type stuff. They tried a couple of times, and they had Google Buzz. As Google well, Buzz, which um, died. <laughs> so you know, that's it's just interesting. It's like I, I wonder, and I don't know. You can't. How can you not Google? Um, but you know, there's this notion of core competency, like do what you're really good at, and Google make all their money. Google are really good at searching. Mm. You know, providing good search results and as a result, make money through selling very targeted advertising, Google AdWords, yeah. against search results. Yeah. And that's their model. And we've spoken about that before where that wonderful book that I read recently called um, Googled, 
um, where, you know, it, it talks exactly about that. They finally figured out what their, their, their golden goose, which mm. is advertising, Google AdWords, and that's it. So, look, I don't know. Interesting to see. We'll have a play yeah, with I it see, and we'll I, report I, I back. Think this, is a, this is a step to make their advertising engine even more powerful. Yep. Hey, just on that, uh, you just triggered something. I was interested in you and I working um, on a bit of an online strategy for a client at the moment. We are. And uh, one of the things that I was really keen to do is make sure that the website that we, and the forum that we and the knowledge centre that we're creating for this client um, is really searchable. Yep. And you highlighted to me that you can actually buy or lease Google's search software yep. and whack it on your site. So you're actually using their software to search your own site. Just tell our listeners a bit about that. Well, that's a pretty good summary, Timbo. It's, it, it basically, it's a service that, that you can put a Google um, search field on your site Yep. and people can type in the search and obviously then it silos the results so it only spits back results from your website. And it uses Google's fantastic Search engine, you yeah, know, yeah. the the best in the world. Yeah, um, yeah. and um, yeah, the, the results are really good. And look, I, I I can't recall exactly what the costs are, but it basically depends on the volume of um, combination of the volume of traffic and the volume of searches that are done on your site. Number of pages. Um, They'd have an algorithm for it, Luke. Like, like, they would have a big equation that it calculates. You should have warned me you're going to ask me this question. I would have done a bit more. That's research, all right. No, it? no, I just think but it's one, interesting. One of, one of the, one of the really powerful things about putting. Um, that Google search on your website is that it actually combines in, works in with Google Analytics. So you can see what people are searching for and then try to proactively give them more information around what they're searching for. Yeah, yeah, yep. So that's, um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's well, a pretty good tool. They have an amazing number of, um, they have an amazing number of services. One other, this is turning into a Google show, but it's not. This is a difficult conversation show, Luke, and I'm going to take you on shortly. <laughs> hey, but that said, one other thing that I picked up, because I, I presented to quite a number of charities two or three weeks ago. And one of the things that I came across was Google Grants. Mm. Uh, Mike Rhodes from Web Savvy identified it for me. Now, Google Grants, if you're a charity marketer uh, listening to this show, Google Grants, it's quite simple to apply for and it gets you 10 grand a month worth of Google advertising. Wow. There's a couple of caveats. You can only bid up to a dollar and it only provides advertising on their search results, not on their content network. Yep. But that said, 10 grand a month, advertising budget free from Google. If it works, Google are happy to extend it up to 40 grand US dollars a month wow. in advertising. Um, yeah, so that's Google Grants. That's and pretty significant. That, that's rather significant, Luke. Yeah. Not applicable to small business owners <laughs> who are trying to make a profit. Although no. some of us do feel like charities at times. <laughs> <laughs> um, but only available to organisations that are trying to save the world. Um, but, yeah, Google Grants. Worth, we're trying to save small business people. We it? are trying to save the small business world, Luke. Uh, we're trying to help small Maybe business owners. Well, we could. They'll laugh us out of town. <laughs> um, but anyway, that's enough on Google. Um, very, very good. Were you going to ask me what's on my mind? What's on your mind, Simbo? A couple of things, and I know you've got another thing as well, but um, pitching to come on our show is on my mind, which yeah, we, we get a lot. We do get quite a bit, actually. We do. Which and is good. Nice. People are being proactive. But they're, they're doing their PR, which is good. Particularly, we're interested particularly, there's a lot of service providers to the market, to the small business community. We are more interested in small business owners who think or know they are doing blindingly good marketing yep. that's producing an amazing return on their investment. Yeah, we're, in, looking, we're, we're looking for people to inspire our listeners not to try to sell to Correct, them, basically. correct. 
Yeah. Leave that to us. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's right. You know, um, so to that end, and this person may be listening, and I won't mention the name of the company, but this landed on my desk the other week, Luke. Yeah. And it was simply um, a four-page DL flyer of the company with a little sticky note handwritten that says, Tim, you need to get me on your podcast, exclamation mark. Call me, double exclamation mark. Are you suggesting that uh, that person needs to work on their pitch? I need to know why. <laughs> I need to know why I should get this person on my on my show, on our show, Luke. Thanks, Tim. My pleasure. <laughs> uh, you know, so I think uh, putting aside pitching to come on small business, big marketing, I just think it actually raises the conversation around pitching yep. because there's an art to pitching. Uh, and, and in fact, interestingly enough, the, comp- the, the interview we've got coming up with Simon was the result of um, me pitching and not being successful and then what ensued after that. Um, so pitching's, you know, we're pitching, as business owners, we're pitching day in, day out, whether it be, you know, a, a, someone walks into our shop and wants to buy something or whether we're a service provider who's, you know, pitching for a, a 12-month contract of some sort or whatever it is. So... There's a real art. Not here to provide the solution to that. Right now, I'm just going to identify a problem as, <laughs> as Tim, you need to get me on your podcast, call me, as not being a good pitch. Yeah. Um, you know, first and foremost, it's like, why? And, and, and particularly in regards to small business, big marketing, then what's in it for our listeners? Yeah. What benefit are our listeners going to get from you appearing on this show? Uh, it's all I, about benefit. I think, I think it's, 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 you know, like it is PR. Basically, it's, it's trying to get your message out there through other channels, um, through other media channels. And like you, like you would pitch when you try to pitch a story to a journalist. Yep. Uh, to include it in a, in a, a newspaper or a magazine, it's it's the same thing with I guess trying to pitch to come on our show or another yep. another podcast or a radio show. One of the early interviews we did, very early, Flip Shelton. Flip Shelton. Yeah. Publicist. Yep. Media personality. Muesli maker. <laughs> hey? Yeah. She, Triathlete. She gave some great advice on pitching. Yep, definitely. So um, go back. So go, go back. Can't remember what show, but it was like... Top 10? Top 10. First 10? First 10, yeah. yes. So check out the back catalogue on smallbusinessbigmarketing.com. Hey, Lukey. Tim, what, what else is on your mind? Oh, look, the, the other thing I was going to mention was another Google AdWords thing. So... <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not sure if I should leave it to another show. Look, I'll, I'll, perhaps I'll tease you. Keep your powder this. dry. Yeah, no. tease it. Tease it. Um, Google remarketing using AdWords. Uh, this is something I think we should get. Um, it, it is a bit of an in-depth conversation. It's Google a little bit technical. Re- yeah, yeah, you've lost me. Okay, so Google remarketing, I'll explain it quickly. We won't go into any great detail because I don't want to bore the pants off some me? of our listeners oh, and you. Okay. Um, so basically when, when, when someone comes and visits your website, Basically, using a small piece of code on your website, you can tag that person and then you can proactively push banner advertising to them when they go and visit other websites on the internet. Whoa, stalking. Basically, stalking people with ads. Stalking. <laughs> but it, 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 um, it's quite brilliant. It's quite, uh, I've certainly been using it recently with some success. Right. Um, You're freaking me out a bit and I think that is worth, worth reviewing. Worth putting a show together on. Yeah, definitely. So we'll find the the, the expert. Oh, actually, we've got pitched. <laughs> I know that's you. That's you. Um, I think it'd be a great conversation to have with Mike Rhodes, who uh, has been on the show before and he's a bit of an AdWords guru. So yeah, he um, is, isn't he? might be worth a shout. Okay. Hey, um, one last thing. Just speaking. This is not so much. I suppose it is a pitch, but it's a really nice pitch done very well. 
because it involved giving me chocolate. <laughs> so I get this I get this card that I'm holding. You know how to push your <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm cheap and easy. <laughs> um, but I got this card in the mail, a little greeting card, lovely um, shot of a, a, a pier and a couple of boats floating in the sunset. And it said, Dear Tim, thank you for exclamation marks this time. So um, that might be the trick. It's actually the number of exclamation marks that previous one used. It only, only had two. Yeah. Said, uh, they say, thank you. Thank you for advising business owners to use copywriters. I received a call from a prospect recently who told me that you, advi- you're, you advise using copywriters. Woohoo! That was another exclamation mark with a blue star followed by a gold star. Wow. Yeah. I've subscribed to your podcast and I'm following you on Twitter. Uh, I look forward to receiving a whole lot of exciting information from you. Best wishes, Lucinda Lyons from Lion Writing. Fantastic. And that included a Toblerone bar in the envelope, right? There you go. Which I ate before I got back from the post office having collected the card. (laughs) But, um, look, that's just really nice. Um, Thank you very much, Lucinda, for that. And to me... She's taped her business card on the back of the card. Yep. So to me, that's a really respectful pitch and, like, it's like, thanks and, hey, I'm a writer and use me. So I think that's – in fact, what's her website, Luki? Let's give a little plug to lionwriting.com.au. Thank so, you, um, Lucinda. Oh, the other thing, Timbo, that you and I um, yep. uh, need, require yep. um, for something that's coming up, Timbo, is yep. – um, A year in the tropics. A year in the tropics would be good. <laughs> yeah. Um, a photographer. Yeah, we, we are do. Look, we are looking for a photographer, preferably Melbourne area, to um, help us out with some profile shots that we're going to be sticking <gasps> up on uh, the website soon. Yeah, and probably someone with a, a very good lens and able to retouch. Um, One of those rose lenses and um, <laughs> large chins. Plenty of time in Photoshop <laughs> with the airbrush. All right, mate, that is enough of that frivolity and that ridiculousness. Did you have anything else in your mind or was that it? That's it, mate. Yeah, good. All right, well, let's get stuck in to Simon. Hello. Hello, Simon. Howdy. How are you, mate? And Lukey is on the other line. G'day, Simon. How are you going? G'day, Luke. Good, thanks. How are you? Very well, thank you. Very good to meet you. Hey, Simon, welcome to Small Business Big Marketing. Well, thank you very much. It is an absolute pleasure to have you as a long-time listener of the show too, I think, aren't you? I am. I think I've, I've listened to them all, maybe some of them even twice, Tim. Stop it. You're the one. <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's not often that we get people on, Timbo, that have actually listened to the show. <laughs> oh, geez, you're a bit harsh. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> well, even, even more than that, Tim, of course, uh, you guys got uh, us started on the podcasting bug and, um, and we're into that as well. So thank well, you for you, that. You, you are, and I'm going to grill you on that later. Oh, okay. Uh-oh. I am going to. I'm going to ask you. Well, you're here to talk to us today about having difficult conversations. I can feel like one's I'm, coming on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then we're going to have one about about some of your marketing, Simon. Uh oh. <laughs> yep. Correct. Correct. So, listen, mate. This is um, a very pertinent that uh, you kindly come on and share your viewpoints, and in fact, give, give our listeners some ideas and tips about how to go ahead and have that difficult conversation that may need to be had. Yeah. And in fact, only about 10 minutes ago, I needed to have one with one Luke Moulton. <laughs> is, it, is, it still, is that still pending, Timbo, or uh, have you actually had it? I, I, tr- I tried to have it. This is, here's the thing, Simon. Yeah. Difficult conversations are difficult, and I, I personally don't know where to start them. And I'll give you the background. Luke was really annoying me. 
Okay, I love a life case study. Go for yep, it. Yep, yep. <laughs> really annoy me. He, um, we were meant to meet today uh, to do small business, big marketing stuff because that's what we do on Friday, Simon. Okay, Friday's the day. Yeah, Friday's the day. And, and I thought we both knew that. And anyway, we have this interview scheduled and that's a good thing. And I ring Luke 10 minutes ago and say, are you all ready? And he'd been to his bookkeeper and he'd done this and done that. And he was all frazzled. I said, are you focused? And he said, no. <laughs> you can chip in here, Lukey. <laughs> no, no, you're doing very well, Timbo. And, and he's, then, listen, that, he's listening. It's the first it, rule of a good, difficult conversation. Go, go on. Ah, okay. <laughs> thank, thank, you, thank you, Simon. So, so I just abruptly said in my abrupt manner, are you focused? Uh-huh. <laughs> And that's where it all just fell to pieces. So, so what do you think? Oh, that, that, that's exaggerating, but anyway. Okay. So what are you okay. thinking went wrong okay. there, Tim? Um, well, you know, I know Luke very well, so I thought I could do that. Yep. But he's a fragile little flower, Luke, and I just think I probably could have handled it in a better way, although I didn't really want to drive around to his home. Um, I wanted to strangle him through the computer. Yeah, right. Um, I don't know. What could I have done better? Oh, gee, where to start? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is the thing with difficult conversations. They get, you know, you, you want to have them. It's good on you, full points, for actually mm. uh, broaching the subject. Yep. Because I think for a lot of people, the, the, the symptom of a difficult conversation is uh, you stew mm. on it. A lot of people avoid these conversations because they're just scared of the consequences of raising it or don't feel confident in their own ability to have it. I actually think, Timbo, you, you are actually pretty good at having difficult conversations. There's been, there's been a number of times throughout our relationship that uh, we've gotten together and, and you said to me, first up, okay, Luke, let's um, address the elephant in the room. <laughs> um, and, and we've had the hard conversation. It's probably one of the reasons why uh, we've lasted two and a half years, Timbo, is because we do have those hard conversations. I think that's a good point, Luke. prefer you use the word partnership than relationship, but we'll go with relationship because <laughs> you've, you've used it and it's out there. Gee. Yeah, you're right. Well, thank you. I didn't think I was because um, that's interesting to hear that from you and now this is turning into a counselling session for me. Yeah, I feel like a, a, a relationship <laughs> counsellor here, guys. <laughs> have, have you actually called Simon on as a mediator? But that's interesting because what you said, Simon, about we stew on them, mm. I'm very I'm very good at stewing. Um, and, and so why do we stew? Because they're difficult, I suppose. Well, I think, you know, and this is true for every, well, for every person the rules are different, but I think most of us are worried about upsetting the boat or rocking the boat in relationships that we enjoy peace in. So, you know, if I have to work closely with someone on a day-to-day basis, it's, it feels easier to be smiling and happy. And so I don't want to, I don't want to rock the boat. So we tend not to raise issues that we're concerned might cost more in the boat rocking than they do in the outcome. Which is not, yeah. which is not necessarily a good way of thinking of it at all because as Lukey says, the beauty of raising it is that our relationship actually becomes stronger over time and that's why we're still working together and producing such brilliant results two years down the track. Yeah, that, yeah. Well, <laughs> there, there you go. And that's so. Now, um, now Simon's just appealing to our ego. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Simon, that also too, what you think the result of the difficult conversation is going to be is the reason you don't have it. And often that's not the truth because the result is much better or not as severe as you think it's going to be. 
Yeah, and you know, so often we'll be working with people who you need to give them some coaching to get them into the conversation, how to structure it. But then they'll very quickly be on the phone or on an email back to us saying, I, "I'm so glad that we, we that you encouraged me into having this conversation because not only am I thankful we raised it, but my partner or my client or my prospect or whoever it is, they thanked me for raising it, and it, it feels like." An elephant has been brought out of the corner of the proverbial room. Mm. So we, mm. we tend mm. to maybe over-dramatise what these conversations might end up looking like and making it harder for ourselves by just creating a little fantasy in our minds about things going horribly wrong. Luke often does that. It's an awkward moment when he's fantasising. But... <laughs> So, so obviously, there's there's different there's different difficulties that people have uh, when they're whether it's a client or it's uh, a fellow employee or um, partner, it, it, or partner or subordinate employee. I mean, what obviously there's some, there's some different sensitivities. Now, if I was well, just hypothetically, if I have um, an issue with um, a Tim. personality trait of, of Tim's instead of perhaps, you know, something, just a one-off that he's done wrong, you know, how, how would I address that? Well, that's, that's, I mean, that's a really interesting question because what do you mean by a personality trait? Yeah, here we go. Here we go. Just hypothetically, Luke. <laughs> well, well there's, there's one that a lot of our listeners are familiar with and, and that has come up, you know, a, a few times. You know how he talks over me? Oh, yeah, yeah. here we go. Here we go. <laughs> right. So, for example, and look, you know, we, we, we joke around about oh, that. Oh, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, Honestly, it doesn't, doesn't faze me. Um, look, how would that's I address, not how, true. <laughs> that is not true. How would, how would we address something like that? Well, look, I, I, this one comes up a lot because, you know, people will say, how do I deal with someone who has an attitude problem or someone who doesn't take me seriously and so forth, so forth. I think one of the... Per- that's that's a perfect example. That's that's kind of what I'm getting at, yeah. Um, so I, th- I think the issue there is, and the big advice I, I offer people is take off your demonising goggles first because it's really easy to describe a situation um, when you're, you're at the receiving end of it, to describe it by sort of describing someone's disposition. In fact, psychologists give that a fancy pants name. They call it the fundamental attribution error. Mm. They, and how's that for a term? But they, they, they say that, you know, we're very good. When someone else does something that I don't like, we're very good at putting that down to their disposition. So if someone doesn't complete a report on time that I was hoping for or they have, or I find some typos in a document they've emailed through to me, I'll be very quick to say, well, that's because they're lazy or they don't care for detail or that they um, don't, don't respect the end result or they don't have a good work ethic. Really easy to do that. But if it's me that's sent through that document, then I'm likely to, to describe or explain why that happened more because of the circumstances around me. In other words, well, the reason for that is I was under pressure or was under a tight deadline or they, they always check my work, so therefore I'm assuming that it will get proofread. So it's funny how easy we can be to sort of point the finger at other people and call it personality issues or just um, the way they are and yet be more kind to ourselves. So I guess the advice from that is be careful to paint really broad strokes about people and the description and more talk about what's happened, the behaviour, and and talk about, you know, why is it happening? How is it impacting me? And what can I suggest going forward or how can we do things differently? So what do you mm. say to that, Lukey? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> huh? no, I, I, I think um, 
Uh, look, I, I am actually thinking of a current situation, and it's not Timbo um, that I would like to address with 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 someone um, and in, in in a working relationship. Um, and I and certainly those pointers are, are very valuable, and I think um, I would certainly be uh, perhaps given given Tyburn's guidance, be a bit more empathetic towards the way someone is behaving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that comes down to one of the most important things here is to make sure you share your story in a difficult conversation um, and also explore theirs. So everyone goes into these conversations with a story playing out in their minds and when we're upset about something, that story plays out with all sorts of vivid colour. But sharing your story is one thing. The way you then share that story is so, so important. I mean, that's really interesting. The story is so powerful in, in all aspects of business, isn't it? I mean, we talk about story in marketing, but story in in negotiation or, or in this case, having difficult conversations is, is, is what you're saying there, Simon. Like, if we're about to have a difficult conversation, then you preface it and give a bit of background by just telling the story. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, love and, that. And not to go leaping to the last page of the story. So, you know, for example, it'd be very easy. If I've had a story playing over in my mind, because, you know, if I'm, if I'm upset at the way, Tim's, you've done something in a meeting we had together with, you know, a prospect, it's very easy for me to play that little story over in my head for the next two days as I stew on it and I think about how am I going to raise this with him. And then I talk about it with my friend or with my partner back at home and they egg me on to have the conversation with you and the story just gets, <laughs> the story just gets louder and louder. It's sounding familiar, Luke. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the end result of that is it's very easy for me to sit at the table with you and say, look, Tim, I've just got to cut to the chase, mate. I hate the way you undermine me every time <laughs> we're in front of a prospect. And yeah. bang, it's out there. Whereas yeah. if I slow my story down and tell it in a structured way, share, you've got to share your data, share your facts. So, um, you know, try instead something like, look, Tim, this morning when we were recording on our podcast or when we were, you know, out meeting that prospect X, Y, and Z, I don't know if you noticed this, but each time they asked me a question, you stepped in to answer before I had a chance to. And I don't know what's going through your mind, but look, when you do that, it leaves me feeling as though you might not trust what I'm about to say. And I wonder, can we talk about how to avoid that happening in the future? Wow. Wow. Lukey, did you, well, we have recorded that. I'll, 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 I'll wait for you to eyeball me on that one. Because you, hey, so, you can see so, how that gives them plenty of space to share their story and yeah, it's necessary to apologise. And That's it, good. And, and it creates an actual energy. I mean, when I hear, as you said that, it was like you're just kind of laying the ground for um, an honest conversation. Yep. For things to happen. Oh, that, I like that. That's so important because, you know, you can muck around and not get to the point, but you you want to share what happened and, and even allow for the possibility that they didn't notice it. You know, mm. they say, God, I didn't mm. know I was doing that. Was I doing it? Now, now Simon, um, this, this interview, this conversation, which is not a difficult conversation, this is an easy conversation, um, but it came about from um, an update I put on LinkedIn a few weeks ago, uh-huh. and I'll read you the update, which was, uh, how should you feel if you spend quality hours with a prospect who then says no without any reason, even when you ask, why no? Uh-huh. And um, 
what I love about LinkedIn and Twitter and social media generally is that when you start to get um, a lot of responses, you know you've you've touched a topic that's close to, to in, in case in case of our audience, small business owners' hearts. Yeah, because we've got a lot of responses. Um, people go, oh yeah, 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 I agree. We don't like no, and I hate it when people don't say why and all this. And other people gave some really good constructive feedback, but one of them was from one of your um, employees in Kate. And Kate directed me to a blog article yeah. that your company, CMA Learning Group, had written, which pretty much answered my question, the blog article. And we'll put a link to it in the show notes, which was oh, great. Called, it's called Moving On From No. Mm. And it basically sort of was, gave some nice little tips about how do you move on from no. So that got me thinking, you know, um, as small business owners, mm. we get no a lot. You mm. know, the more, the more proposals you, you put in, we're always putting in proposals, we're always asking people to buy something from us. Mm. And, you know, it's a numbers game, partly, and, and we do get the word no often. And I personally don't mind no, mm. but I do mind no without any constructive feedback because as a small business owner, um, the only way to improve is through constructive feedback. Right. That's what I think anyway. And and this guy just wouldn't give me the reason. And I was like, you know, and I emailed him and I left a voicemail uh, and, you know, just wasn't getting the, the reason. And a bit of background to that story was that um, it wasn't as if he just met me once and then I put a proposal and he said no. But he, he saw me speak at quite an intimate gathering. So for two hours saw what I had to give. Right. He rang me subsequently and had a long conversation. He then got me in to meet with him. I thought I was just meeting with him. He brought in eight of his staff <laughs> and shared, and I shared knowledge for another hour or so. Uh-huh. He then said, um, go away and put a proposal together. Right. And then he said no. Right. <laughs> so, so I was frustrated. You were feeling frustrated? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So that's how all this began, yeah, and right. I think this is a great conversation because I think our listeners we we hear no or not and a, a lot, and we do have to, the need to have difficult conversations. Mm. So um, you've got seven ways, have you, of overcoming this issue? Oh well, yeah, I, I, I have seven ways. I've sort of been touching on them as we go. Great, um, you know, a couple we've touched on, which is the idea of taking off those demonising goggles. So, in other words, making sure you're not tarring them with a brush that makes them the villain in your picture. The other one was around sharing your story and being really careful about how you do it. But I think your example is a really good one of where it is so important to get clear on your purpose for a difficult conversation because I think a lot of the time for people, the reason we feel we want to have a conversation with someone is is more of a reaction than a purpose. Mm. So, for example, you put in your third phone message to this prospect and you don't hear back from them and what do you feel? Frustrated, you feel disappointed, you feel disrespected. And so what do we want to do? We want to, we want to teach them a lesson. We want to make sure they understand how we feel. We want to frog march them into doing things the way we want them to do it. Um, none of, Not which, good. none of which is much of a purpose. Yeah. Mm. It's more of a reaction. Mm. And then in all likelihood, if you start to get muddied on your own purpose, then they're going to get confused about it too. So 
you know, sitting down and spending a bit of time prepping or even, you know, picking up the phone or having a coffee with a, with a colleague or a friend, someone you trust and saying, look, here's what's happened. What should my purpose be now? Like, should I be having this conversation? And if so, why? And then if you're going to have it, make a great opening on the conversation. Make it an opening that makes it feel safe for them as well as really purposeful. Mm-hmm. So rather than, you know, one of the risks is if you pick up the phone and start hounding a prospect for feedback, they might be thinking, oh, look, they're just trying to, they're trying to change my mind, they're trying to keep their foot in the door, they're trying to push through on this and, you know, I, I, I just don't have the time and I can't be bothered having to deal with that pushiness. Yep. So you need to be the first really to get in there and manage that kind of perception and that impact you know, leaving a message that states really clearly that, look, really appreciate you coming back with a clear answer to us. Um, of course, I'm, I'm glad to hear that, uh, you know, you've been able to make a decision on this. The only reason that I'd still like to chat with you is to find out your reasons for saying no to this proposal. And from my point of view, that's purely a case of what can we learn as an organisation or as a business um, so that the next time I'm putting proposals to others, I can learn from this experience as well. And I'd be really grateful if you would be willing to spend the time, five or ten minutes, doing that. So what you've done is you've diffused very mm-hmm. quickly any false perception there might be around your your intent. Yeah, it made really clear your intent that it is, I mean, from my point of view, it was to grow the business, grow uh, how we can do things better in the future. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So you've got this idea of, of making that great opening. We've talked about share your story. I, mm-hmm. I guess the other the other piece then is once you've shared a story, once you've shared some perspectives, it's really important for people to shift from a sharing conversation to a problem-solving conversation. Mm-hmm. I think this is where a lot of attempts at difficult conversations go wrong. People start sharing information, but they get bogged down. The wheels start spinning. So I'm sitting in a conversation with you going... You know, I'm feeling like you really let me down when this happened or that happened and I feel like I would have liked to have done it another way and you say back to me, yeah, well, I didn't mean to do that, so I'm sorry, I'll avoid it happening again. And then I come back and say, yeah, well, you know, but the issue is why did it happen in the first place? (laughs) And we end up just Mm. putting all this energy looking backwards and just picking holes in one another. At a certain point, and you've got to use your discretion here, but you know, at a certain point, you've got to shift that conversation into a forward-looking one that says, how do we avoid this happening again and how can we make sure that things improve from this point on for both of us? And just keep the conversation focused on that rather than, the, um, you know, rather on, rather than on the how we feel about what happened in the past. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's creating the space for both. Yeah, great. You taking notes, Lou? Uh, sure, sure, no, I might be listening, listening to this podcast a few times myself. Hey, Simon. Um, as, as should you. Uh, I'm sorry? Oh, oh, it, who was that directed uh, no. at, Luke, Simon or myself? No. Uh, go on, Timbo. Hey, uh, Simon. Sorry, um, sorry, I spoke over you then. Oh, you did too. I'm sorry. I didn't mean mm. to do that. Hey, Simon, um, <laughs> feel free to um, – Luke likes role-playing. Right. Um, <laughs> loves it. That it's, right? one of his, it's one of his fantasies. When he, when he does go off into that fantasy land, he loves a good role play. So feel free, and, and I'll put my hand up too, but uh, feel free to, uh, we can do a mini role play whenever you feel like it. But what number are we up to in terms of, um, of how to have a difficult, difficult conversation? Oh, well, gee, look, as, as to be expected, you guys have taken me all over the place, but I, <laughs> I think we've covered five. So we talked about get clear on purpose, take off the goggles, make a great opening, share your story. 
um, shift yeah. to that problem-solving stance. Um, we've yeah. touched on the other one, which is, and you could have put this first, which is spend time preparing. Yeah. Um, it, you know, the amount of time, even if it's 10 minutes, just getting your thoughts together around what's my purpose, what are the facts that I want to share with them, and how am I going to frame it in a way that doesn't sound like a blanket accusation? Um, that's critical time. And how do you then how do you then frame it? Because I agree, I think the other planning is is critical. But so as you're speaking, like um, having a clear purpose and planning and a great opening. Yeah, I'll, I'll be like, when, when it's time to make that phone call or have that meeting with that person, yeah. I'll be like, my God, I you know I feel like I'm on stage. <laughs> you know, have I ticked that box? Have I got the good opening? Have I have I got the plan? Have I ticked all those boxes? So yeah. how do you make it come across? Naturally. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there's the risk here that you start to deconstruct things to the point where it gets a bit clunky and you want to stay yourself, you want to stay authentic. So I think, you know, if nothing else, having prepared, it's amazing how if you prepare well, if you've got a good methodology for preparing, that can really affect just the way you approach the conversation anyway. And what I think is worth doing is even rehearsing or practising just how you're going to share one issue. So, you know... Um, Luke, if you're going to have this conversation with Tim about him talking over the top of you, how are you going to rehearse and practice that one line that just gets the conversation on the right foot? <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I wouldn't don't start I, I, by giggling. This, this, this beg, it begs the question: Is there um, is there ever an opportunity or a, a scenario where perhaps email would be better over? You just answered the question with a question. Simon was trying to get you to role play. You've deflected that. <laughs> he wants to role play by email, I think. Yeah, Is that right? yeah. <laughs> he just wants to role no, play. No, no, but speak, speaking personally, I find I my my thoughts are a lot clearer and a lot more structured if I write it down and then go back over it and go back over it. So I can perhaps particularly work on the, the things that you're suggesting, Simon. I can I can look at an email and read what I've said. And, in fact, there's even a tool out there that tells you how aggressive your, your emails are. Isn't there really? But right. I, Based on your language, so I could run it through that. No, oh. um, that's getting a little bit too technical. But um, you know, I, I can perhaps um, tone my email in a way that I might not be able to do um, uh, with a verbal response in in front of someone. Is there, you know, is, is there an argument for for email over in person or vice versa? Yeah, unfortunately, for most people, I think that email actually creates a forum where they can be more aggressive and more yeah. hostile than they would be in person because. You get to just send it and you don't have to worry about that initial response or that facial expression as they read it. And you can kind of dust your hands and say, yeah, whatever, they'll deal with that. Um, yeah. So it becomes more like a monologue than a, an actual conversation. Oh, and they're open to so much interpretation. But, you, you know, Very if true. we stick a smiley face on the end, everything will be all right. Oh, right? of course. <laughs> there we go. The, the solution to difficult conversations is emoticons. Definitely not. No, I, <laughs> oh. but, but. I, I've, certainly, I've certainly made the mistake uh, in my earlier uh, business life and I've had customers and clients of, um, of sending an email way too soon. I, I, whenever I am writing an email and I'm feeling angry, I go, no. Put it away. Come back to it tomorrow. Um, or yeah, or give the person a call. Yeah, right, and exactly because if you write that email, I reckon that's a great way of preparing. You write the email. Don't send it. Share it with someone else and say, "If I sent this email to you, how would you feel? How would you read this? Mm. And how would you want to respond?" And take that feedback on board, and then go and have the conversation face to face with that feedback in mind. 
because instantly you've got that role reversal check going on, stepping into their shoes, which is what's so important in in good preparation. Mm. But then, you know, tied with all of this is you don't want to, you know, Tim, you touch on this thing of don't want to be clunky or inauthentic about it. Mm-hmm. Um, we're human beings, and I think that what, what's make, what makes us so interesting is that we can have very fluid conversations, emotions are part of it, but you don't want to leave your emotions at the door. They're not a pair of muddy boots that can't be brought in. You try and have difficult conversations without emotions in the mix. It's a bit like watching you know, a 3D movie without 3D goggles on. Um, what, what's much more effective is to talk about emotions, give them names, mention them, but to try not to be emotional. In other words, not just having a hissy fit, not slamming the table, not raising the voice, but talking mm. about the fact that I'm feeling frustrated by this, giving those things names. I actually was quite upset when you spoke that way to me in front of our client um, or whatever it might be, and now you can, now you're talking about the emotions as much as the issue itself. Like that, I like that mm. a lot. Very good. Um, have you got one left, Simon? One one major tip. There's probably like a hundred tips you could. Yeah, you could you could list a thousand. But in my mind, that's that, that that there's seven we've covered there, and we can summarise them off somewhere. If I don't know if it's helpful for your listeners to summarise them off in writing somewhere in your mm. show notes or whatever. Yeah, totally. Totally. But we, we've definitely covered seven there. I'm conscious. I can feel a blog post coming on. I, I can too. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, Great. Uh, Kate, our wonderful marketing person here, said exactly the same thing as I walked into the room for this. Absolutely. <laughs> she said, when's the Absolutely. blog post? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and um, oh, look, you could talk about it forever, but in terms of difficult conversations and you talked earlier about raising your voice, is there ever a time when is this is the whole idea here to avoid? And I'm not one for raising voices. I don't really like it. Um, but pe- there are people that do. Is there ever a time when that needs to happen, uh, or is the whole aim here to avoid the voice raising? Look, one of our first points we talked about was get clear on purpose. What's your purpose? And I find it hard to think of a situation where choosing to raise your voice mm. is going to serve a purpose better than trying to talk things through constructively. Because mm. here we are, we're all thinking about how do I fix conversations that feel difficult for me? But let's not forget, often conversations are difficult because they're difficult for the other person. Yeah. And so if we start raising our voice or bringing emotions into the mix, chances are we're just making things more difficult for them and so we're not going to have the kind of constructive conversation you want to have. Mm. So it's hard to think of a time when raising the voice is a, is a helpful strategy. It might work if you're relying on intimidation and power and bullying to try and get your way, but that's not the sort of advice um, <laughs> I'd be yeah. issuing to anyone. No, absolutely. Oh, that, that's great, Simon. Now, listen... Um, well, have we done your role play? We, you wanted role play. We haven't done enough role play. <laughs> well, we deflected it. You know, clearly he's, just, he's not up for it, but, you know, bring it on. Bring it on. No, there's nothing like a good role play. Like, what are you going to do with all of this in mind? What are you going to mm. do if you get a phone call from a customer, mm. an irate customer who says, listen, I've, I've got the, uh, that piece of work that you said that you'd create for me. It's come through. I can see it's just a rush job. I can see you mm-hmm. haven't put enough effort and thinking into it. Um, and um, as far as I'm concerned, this is an absolute joke. Good. We'll go mm. go and uh, particularly for particularly for what you get paid, Timo. Should be lifting your game a bit. Yeah. Well, go and find someone else to do it who, who you think can do a better job. 
you know, <laughs> you employed me to do it. Yes, I did rush it, but I had other things to do. So, so this has been going well, this podcast so far. <laughs> yeah, that, clearly, clearly. Yeah, well, okay. So, so that, that's that's a good question. So customers rung, said you've just you've just supplied me some rubbish. Um, you've rushed it. Don't believe you've given it the right love and attention. Yeah, yeah. So great example of a situation where very easy to react because mm-hmm. we haven't had time to think of a purpose. Very easy to have our demonising goggles on because suddenly they're the customer who just you know is a complete so and so. Mm. Um, and very difficult to find ourselves stuck in the middle of throwing accusations back and forth because we haven't had time to prep. If I had my wits about me on that um, and the courage of my convictions, I'd say, look, you know what, lovely, beautiful customer, I just need time to reflect on that and go and have a look at what we've sent you and just get a sense of whether what you're saying is fair. Beautiful. I'll call call you back. Wow. And as you say... Great presence of mind to do that. Yeah, yeah, and sometimes you've got to. It's um, uh, I um, I've, we've spoken previously about a couple of little meditation practices that that I have used over over my time, and one is um, I call it SOS: stop, observe, and steer away from the danger. And the danger in that case is um, just jumping down, you know, um, reacting. Yeah. Um, yep. as opposed to, and, and the, the whole SOS thing for me is not like, it's just a split second thing. It's not like, you know, oh, I'm just going to stop. Yeah. Just one moment for a while I stop and then let me, it's, you know, it's a very, it's an instant instinct thing. But, um, yeah, that's what I, I, that's love what that. I, try, and I try to do. I mean, it's, it's a great example of where because you've got the call from a customer here, you haven't had a chance to make the opening yourself. Mm-hmm. But you can still, you can still reframe a conversation to try and get a better opening happening. So, you know, you're at the receiving end of that. Again, take some presence of mind, but to say to a customer at that point, look, just to take a step backwards here for a second, it sounds like you're, you're quite disappointed. Um, you know, from my point of view, the purpose of this conversation should be for me to understand where that disappointment stems from, where it's coming mm-hmm. from, and to... Um, from that point on, do whatever we can to make sure that we're addressing addressing any of the concerns that you've raised. So mm. so let's take a step back and talk through that. So if you're like, you're actually making it safe for them, you're actually inviting mm. their comment rather than trying to shut them down. Mm. Now, I've, I've, Lukey, I've got a bit of a role play for Simon. Okay. Or tables you, are turning. Your tables are turning. You yep. allow me the indulgence and you can chip in here, Lukey. But sure. um, by way of background... Um, in fact, let's pretend um, we've just rung Simon. We'll insert dial tone. Okay, Simon. Hello, Simon. It's Tim. How are you? Oh, Tim. Good. How are you? I could not be finer, except, gee, you know, you, you posted a wonderful podcast a few months ago. Really good one. And I listened to it and I thought, you know what? I can't wait until you post the next one. <laughs> and you haven't done it, and I'm really looking forward to it. And you were so excited about getting it up online, and where is it? What's happened? Well, uh, that's <laughs> – is this a difficult conversation? <laughs> is this a what? 
<laughs> is this a difficult conversation? Probably I'm not that bring difficult, it is it? Bring it on. <laughs> no, no we well, should yeah. give our viewers, our listeners, our viewers, we should give our listeners background to that. Simon has got a really good podcast out there. Um, Thanks, because Carla. Simon's business, CMA Learning Group, um, is 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 all about um, negotiating, influencing, and achieving great results. And and Simon did um, off the back of of listening to SBBM and other podcasts, went out and, and put a podcast together. And it is very good, and it is on iTunes. And I am looking forward to the second one. So no, this is not a difficult conversation. This is actually some marketing. Um, learnings for our listeners because I know there's a lot of yeah. our listeners out there and a lot of small business owners who would love who who genuinely would love to podcast. So what were the what what, what I guess maybe what were the blockages to getting one up on a regular basis, so to speak? Um, yeah, I think the biggest thing for us was just either grossly underestimating the amount of time it was going to take for us to get the infrastructure up on our website to launch it properly, um, or things just not going according to plan and things took so much longer than we had hoped. So what, what's up on our website at the moment is a temporary version of it, but what we haven't wanted to do is to launch, we've got another two episodes in the bag, not, not wanting to launch them until we were able to formally launch the podcast to all of our marketing database. Mm. So we've been trying to design a much more sophisticated, user-friendly, pod, sort of interactive podcast page Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just taken a long time and involved perhaps some difficult conversations along the way. Ah, <laughs> um, very good. Yeah. <laughs> but web developers I'm, by any chance? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'll just be, I've got one, one solution for you, Simon, WordPress. Yeah, right. I think, what are we on? Joomla, I think. Joomla, uh, well, yeah. Yeah. So um, anyhow, we're, today's a Friday and I'm pleased to say that this new podcast page is actually going live on Monday, two days oh, wow. from now, and then hopefully it will all be a whole different picture from there. So if um, listeners want to go and tune into that one, what's it called, Simon? The podcast is called Negotiate, Influence, Achieve. Mm-hmm. Um, you can search on that for iTunes and subscribe that way, or you can find it on our website as well, which is at cmalearning.com.au. Good on you. I, love, I just love the fact that there's... Um, I've said it before, but there's not enough um, Aussie businesses podcasting, um, and it's a great channel to market. And and you know, you guys have got so much to say in in that field. You're experts in it, so um, it's good quality stuff. And it's amazing the discipline that it introduces you to of um, content creation, because that's oh, yeah. that's clearly the challenge. It, you, you set up a beast that's very hungry, and you you've got to feed it. Yeah. Um, but it's just about building up that rhythm for yourselves, and um, once the technology hurdles are overcome, hopefully you can really sort of capitalise on them to, to maximum extent. My, my advice is to put aside a Friday uh, with your business partner and uh, do your podcast then. Luke, would you think that's a good idea? Well, at least uh, maybe not a whole day, Tim, but <laughs> half a day on a Friday. <laughs> These, um, you know, it's a fair investment of time, I think, a whole day uh, every week. With uh, yeah, Anyway. Um, Come on. Come on. <laughs> no, the, the, the reason why uh, the, the, it, a podcast is a very hungry beast, Simon, and uh, it's one of the reasons why we get intelligent people like you on to, to speak on small business, big marketing, because Timbo and I <laughs> invariably run out of intelligent conversation. 
Oh, it's harsh. <laughs> that is harsh. It's buggery. Now, I was ha- having a go at myself as much as you. I am going right. to leave it there, except to say that Simon has got a fantastic offer for our listeners who do want to um, improve and hone their skills in difficult conversations or negotiation uh, and influence. Simon, what's the offer? Well, we run public workshops throughout Australia, which are perfect for the SMEs because obviously you don't need groups of people. You can come along, mix with people from other industries, other roles, and learn some very real skills. And they are really skills workshops. Um, We are willing to put a special offer for all the SBBM listeners just to take a flat $250 off our standard registration price for any of our public workshops um, and all they need to do to do that is jump across to our website, which I'm assuming you'll put in the show notes, but it's, we will. it's cmalearning.com.au. Follow that through to the public workshops registration page and just pop in SBBM into the promo code section. And when we invoice you, we will reduce that price by the full $250, Brilliant. which is really, from our point of view, you know, the sort of offer we've we're not really making very often, so that's that's very exciting to be able to offer that no, to that, your guys. That, that's really appreciated. And, um, it is indeed. We, Thank you, Simon. We said before Simon got on the phone, Lukey, uh, telling our listeners that CMA Learning Group, um, Harvard, is it Harvard endorsed? But you have a Harvard Business School connection. Well, so we're not dealing with... Um, you know, no lightweight one, no one, no lightweight people around here, Lugie. <laughs> no. Well, when we were set up, which was eighteen years ago now, um, it was in collaboration with a group of professionals from the Harvard Negotiation Project, which right. which really today continues to be a leading think tank on negotiating, influencing, and authors of the book Difficult Conversations um, come from the Harvard Negotiation Project as well. So, some great great material coming out from there on on this space. Brilliant. Thanks for being on Small awesome. Business Big Marketing, Simon. Oh, thanks, thanks for having Simon. me, guys. And, uh, yeah, if you need a mediator on an ongoing basis, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are you laughing at, Luke? <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm pretty sure uh, Timbo will come around to my way of thinking, Simon. So. <laughs> <laughs> Lukey, that was a lot of fun and mighty interesting. You know what? What? I felt like you ambushed me. With that I, I know. I did. I did. <laughs> Clearly I did. Clearly, I found, I found you, it very useful. Did you, you? You had to have a difficult conversation with me, Tim. Well, you know, I think it's good. It clears the air, Luke. Yes. We, we, well, I think we, we're usually pretty good at having difficult conversations, yeah, Tim. And that's makes why we're still re- here after 54 episodes. Correct. Makes for a better relationship. And Simon's even helped us further along there. I'll tell you what, listeners. Um, Simon and his team, they really do know their stuff around negotiation and difficult conversations and that whole space. And I reckon that's a fantastic offer. So... Uh, I strongly suggest go and check it out, and we will put a note in the show notes. Uh, So go to smallbusinessbigmarketing.com, click on the podcasts and find episode 54 and uh, take them up on that offer because it's a ripper. And while you're there, leave a comment as well. Yeah, leave a comment about the show. Tell us what you think. Let's have a difficult conversation in the show notes. (laughs) See how that goes. So, Lucas, that is it for another show. Hey, next week, pro blogger. Yes, Darren Rouse. Darren Rouse. Uh, one of the world's most famous and successful bloggers, Timo. Yeah, absolutely. He's going to be chatting to us about blogging for business uh, and he's also got a new book out as well. So Yeah, we love that. And, Luke, we haven't done this before, but I want to encourage people to join us on Twitter individually, personally. 
Yep. Your Twitter ID is at Luke Moulton, M-O-U-L-T-O-N, and I'm at Timbo Reed, R-E-I-D. So come and join us on Twitter. If you follow me, uh, you'll get a whole lot of marketing tips and tricks and links and resources. Luke, what do I get if I follow you? <laughs> Bored. No. Oh, <laughs> no. Look, I, I certainly focus more on the uh, the online marketing side of things, Timbo. You do. So if you do want more tips around uh, AdWords, um, Google Analytics, um, Facebook, SEO. Paper, Come and PPC. say hi. That's what it's Join all about. Me. Join the conversation. Um, that's it for another show, Lukey. Listeners, uh, a big thank you to Flying Solo for being a part of the show and go and check the forums out on Flying Solo if you want to have more discussion Plenty around of information there. marketing and all things to do with micro business. And Lukey, uh, I reckon our listeners should go and check out smallbusinessbigmarketing.com and see what other goodies were there. Register because you'll get uh, you'll hear from us on a fairly regular basis yep. when we've got marketing news and tips and tricks and you'll be the first one to know when a show comes out. So yep, sign up there. That's it for another show. Till next time. See ya. Catch you later. You've just come that little bit closer to getting your business booming thanks to the Small Business Big Marketing Show with Tim Reed and Luke Moulton. Please keep in mind that the information, opinions and ideas expressed in this show are those of the hosts and interviewees and theirs alone and they don't necessarily reflect those of their past, current or future employers. 